feels like we've already had a full meal, doesn't it, here this morning? And it's just beautiful to see what God is doing in our midst. Uh, there's something about when we see Christ light up the hearts of young people, reminding them how special they are and incredible the purposes of God are for them and following Jesus and choosing him as the foundation of their lives. We know that is a sure thing to stand on all of their days. So it's been beautiful so far this morning. I just want to start with a couple of clarifying comments, and then we're going to get into the word here. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about uh, ministry budget into the next uh, financial year, and I just want to say thank you because so many of you responded straight away to the call to consider your giving and living generously uh, for the mission and cause of our church. So I want to say thank you so much for responding, and friends, there's still an opportunity, uh, and we look forward to what God has got for us in, going forward. There's a couple of questions which came up in regards to our property and how that gets uh, stewarded, and uh, what we have in our ministry budget is making sure that we have resources available so that our property can be ready day in, day out for the ministry that we've called, been called to. This has been given to us to steward wisely, and if you're here throughout the week, you would, it's just amazing what goes on here. So we make sure that we can uh, spend money on our property to make sure that it's in incredible condition for the ministry that God's called us to. So critically important. This bears witness to who we are as God's people. Uh, so the other thing that some people might be questioning about was how could we, you know, if we're just talking about finance and how we can consider our giving, uh, we were fortunate enough to win a grant uh, through the Stronger Communities Program. And that grant was $10,700. And if you have a look around, you can see what that grant uh, went towards. There's a new path which connects the footpath to our church building and that's just a great way in which people can get access to our building without coming through the mud. And then uh, we have on the, this northern side of our car park, we won a grant which went towards a new basketball ring and netting. And so that's out there for you all to kind of have a shot after church. The, uh, the good thing about that is that we have a growing ministry to the Hope Valley Heat Basketball Club. Uh, it was born just a couple of years ago, and this winter season there's 17 teams which are connected to our church. And can I say that they are right aligned with who we are as a church. It's our mission. There's 120 players within that and incredible coaches and managers giving leadership in that. And that is an arm of our church which we see God has given to us. And so the court out there is it enables that to continue uh, in uh, what God is doing in that way. So we praise God for, the, for that grant which came our way. Also, there'll be some fence wrap which is going up in the court and the Hope Valley Heat Basketball Club is paying for that. So if you see things going on, that's because they can. Amen. And so just thank you again for uh, your giving this once. It just makes such a big difference. Let me pray. Lord, we want to thank you for your word. And as we just pause after all that has taken place, such a rich expression of worship, of baptism, people being received into your church and stepping into that, we pause now and ask that your word would speak to us. May it convict us, shape us, fuel us, bring us new life and freedom in you. So we thank you for your word, timeless truths, relevant for today and hope for the future. We give you thanks. Amen. Well, friends, it might be that you are joining us for the first time here, or we are working through the book of Romans, and this is the fourth week in a 16-week series. 
And so you'll have time to kind of catch up. And can I encourage you right now, if you can, grab a Bible, either a paper one or on your phone. So if I see you looking at your phone, I'm not thinking that you're doing something else. I believe you're reading the scriptures, okay? Sometimes people say, I don't like getting my phone out, kind of, because I think you might think I'm on social media. It's not the case. You're reading the Bible. I get it. It's fine, okay? So open up the book of Romans. I talked to a couple of uh, pastoral colleagues during the week, and I said, as a church here at Hope Valley, we are doing 16 weeks in the book of Romans. They went, are you really? I said, yeah, we're just working it through. They go, well, that's brave. I said, what, brave? They said, yeah, man, Romans just gives it. It just speaks right down. I said, yeah, well, the people of Hope Valley, they're courageous. We're happy to sit with the word and let it read us as we read it. And, uh, and it's not going to let you off the hook here this morning either as we get into it. So we're going to be starting at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, because this gives a conclusion, and it starts with the word therefore, which allows us to go back to see what the therefore is for. And we're going to work towards uh, this beautiful idea of peace and joy. What we need to understand is that Paul, who wrote this book from Corinth in about AD 53, has thought through deeply the implications of the gospel and he comes to this conclusion that it can change lives and it can change the world and it has and it will and it will continue to do so. And he sits with this and he asks the big questions about what life is about and what the yearning of the heart is and he sees the gospel fulfil each one of it. And so he says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, and I'll go and unpack that in just a moment, we have this, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Paul right here says, There are two great needs that every one of us needs, peace and joy. And any one of us can think, yep, if something happens, that's what gets stolen straight away, my sense of peace and the joy that I have. The opposite of peace is what? Conflict. The opposite of joy? Sadness. And we know that any one of us, if these impact us, can just take the enthusiasm for living away. And so Paul addresses this and he will offer us a bit of a solution. It's a vision for today and it's a hope for tomorrow. Paul presents this of getting peace and joy simply through knowing and receiving Jesus Christ and his transformative power in our lives. Now, friends, I would define myself as a hopeful realist Hopeful because I believe the gospel, just like Paul, can change lives. And God is at work. But a realist in knowing what this life dishes up. Any given week, any given day, I can have a conversation with someone who's dealing with sadness. And if it's not their sadness, it could be that it's mine. People reflect on all sorts of ways in which the sadness comes. A trauma a loss, a fracture in something, and it just makes them feel sad. This is the reality of life, and any one of us can walk into it at any time. But we're hopeful realists. 
we realise it's there, but we have the hope of our gospel. And then, though, it doesn't take long for us to see the effects of conflict and how that steals our peace. We hear of friendships falling apart, families estranged, the conflict, and we just know, heck, we're dealing with that. Oh, man, that steals peace quicker than anything. And most of us, as much as we possibly can, want to avoid unhealthy conflict. We see it on a broader scale. Just this last week, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, before a playoff game, when he's meant to be talking about the game coming up, speaks down the camera and he said, when is enough enough in the United States and their gun laws? As he refers to the fact that there was a shooting 400 miles from where he was giving the press conference in which 19 people were murdered, most of them children, because they can't control their gun laws. And that's what he says before a basketball game. He says, basketball will come, but what is going on there? And we agree, don't we? Basketball is meant to be you know, fun and joy, getting tainted because of conflict. And here we are over 90 days observing from afar an army which has invaded a sovereign nation and what that does and how the whole world feels it and it steals our peace and that's on the broad scale. And any one of us can get a sense that it touches us each deeply which is why we must have the hope of the gospel. And Paul says this peace will come when the world truly understands that it comes through Jesus Christ, individual hearts transformed and living for a different kingdom. See, Paul understands that no one really is righteous before God. Any one of us can slip into conflict a sadness, and it steals what God wants to do in breaking in the kingdom. And he's quite clear, Paul, in just how humanity is. If you look to Romans chapter 3 from verse 9, listen to this word. Like I said, he doesn't mince his language. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we already charge that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin, that is, He's sweeping it across all of us. It says, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat, listen to this for some language, their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. Verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. Isn't that strong language? The whole world would be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. What Paul is saying is that any one of us, even though we think we might be good, really falls short. 
And in fact, the more that we get to know the law, the more we realise how far we are from the righteousness of God. And I think if it wasn't for God, where would our world be at all? There's checks and balances, people considering something which is far more. So friends, I want to let you know, that's the bad news. You, you feel like you've got a head around that? It swings. Here's the beginning of the good news. Because Paul says there is hope. There is hope for each one of us. He says, but now the righteousness of God, this is in verse 21, has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. That is, there is a chance for all of us to be made right before God, to have a fresh start. For there is no distinction, and here's one of the famous verses of the Bible, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. What this is saying here is that Jesus deflected what was due us. For the wages of sin are death and we should be dying. But through Jesus Christ who takes on that, we are saved by his blood. And this shows God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins and it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Here is the hope of the gospel. This is the pathway to true peace and joy. It is understanding that we have been justified before a righteous God and that Jesus takes that on. Justify means just as if the sin never existed. It's a fresh start. It's a new hope. And it's offered to our world in Jesus Christ. Paul has this grand idea that we can be made right with God And through that, in Jesus Christ, we can have a new way of living. And we're not just left up to our own devices, praise God. All of us fall short. But when we confess our faith in Jesus Christ, we're given a new hope in him, a new way of living. The next scriptures go talk about how we are justified by our faith. And so, friends, if we know this, that God is so for us that he would give us a fresh hope in Jesus Christ and all his promises would be fulfilled through him, how can we then receive a gift of peace that touches our inner world and then lives itself out in the way in which we live? We go to chapter 5, verse 1. We have been justified by faith, We now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Firstly, you need to make peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Make your peace with him. Stop the inner conflict. Stop the turmoil in your heart and in your head and say, God, I realise that I am falling short, lost in my own sin, but for you, you give me life in Jesus Christ. Make your peace with him. Secondly, in your inner world, make peace with yourself. 
before God. God not only loves you, he likes you. He says, you can look in the mirror and say, yep, I've been fearfully and wonderfully made. I am worth it. Jesus Christ has given his whole self, the great love of God for me, and I will choose to make peace with myself. Friends, if you have conflict with each other, within yourself, it tends to spill out into others. The peacemaker is at peace with themselves. Thirdly, choose wisely the battles you might be drawn into. The reality is Jesus gave himself up for one big battle. Sometimes we think we need to fight everything. But that's not the case. Choose wisely the battles that you might be drawn into. And fourthly, be willing to walk away from unhealthy conflict. Healthy conflict is something which we engage in. It can grow, we can stretch, we can grow. Unhealthy conflict will steal your peace and your joy. And at some point you need to know, I'm just walking away from that. I'm not getting angsty, I'm not getting angsty, I'm just walking away. And number five, join with others who hold peace and joy up as kingdom attributes. If you have a close reading of this text, you will see that it's not said to individuals. It is given to a people, a plurality. We have been justified. We have peace. We have obtained access by grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God calls us to be in ministry to all sorts of people. And yet, God will say, choose to be most vulnerable with those who hold the kingdom attributes high. For then you'll see that the body of Christ, others, can help bring a peace and a joy to your life. As I was preparing for today, I was reading through an old commentary. I love reading the old commentaries. You know why? I reckon people 40, 50, 60 years ago had more time to think. So I got this old commentary out, dusted it off, opened it up, and I was reading about Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And it said this. It says, these are the twin blessings of the gospel, the good news in Jesus Christ, reflecting on peace and reflecting about joy. And it said this, peace is joy resting. Peace is joy resting and joy is peace dancing. How beautiful is that? May we know a peace which is joy resting and may we know a joy which is peace dancing. It comes to us in Jesus Christ, the depth of our salvation, the hope for the world and we can know that and it can overcome all things. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our head in a solemn moment before the God who created us. More of you, God. More of your power. More of your truth. more of your peace, 
more of your joy. Still, our troubled hearts this morning, our God, the conflicts that rage within. And in Jesus Christ, as we place our faith in him, bring peace this morning. And as that peace resides, Lord, we pray that there would be a joy beginning to dance again. A joy which can come from above when we place our faith in Jesus. Lord, we understand that we fall short of your glory, but we thank you that we've been made right with God through Christ. And Lord, may we be bold enough to pray this morning that there would be more peace in the worlds in which we live and that there would be more peace sweep this globe and may it come because people are turning to you and live to a higher kingdom. And Lord, we pray for that moment where joyful moments break forth because peace is reigning. Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning who just feels that the conflict is overwhelming, come and reign in their lives. For someone who has just been carrying sadness, may the twinkle of joy come and dance once more in their hearts. As we rest in this holy moment, our God, before you, our creator, set us free. And may your people show what it means to live with a peace and joy which can only come through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Friends, this morning we're going to sing this beautiful song, The Goodness of God. And I invite you this morning to relax in it. You can sing to your heart's content, but you also might want to just put your hands out. God is good. He's good all the time. He loves you. He cares for you. He saved you. He set you apart and he wants to meet with you. Just enjoy the goodness of God being all over you here this morning. Let's stand together.